You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. We are one week closer to Clash of the Titans in the SEC. Bama LSU. I thought you were Big going wins. Bama Tennessee. No. <laughs> I most certainly am not. Um, but you know, maybe maybe somebody will make a, an appearance in your most impressive in a little you bit. You never know. I don't I don't know. I can only assume. Um but no, Bama LSU, both big wins last week. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU over a good team. Alabama played a football team. Um, we'll start with them. Blowing out AM, two uh, four touchdowns. The only other analysis I wrote here in all caps, AM stinks. Yeah, I mean, how how much longer can we put on the charade that they're a good football team? And and it's fair because it's only year two under Jimbo, so it's not like I mean, yes, there are expectations that he turns around this quickly, but you can't think they're going to be a legitimate SEC West contender after two years, or in year two, after one full season. But, I mean, that that is A&M, so I guess they, they did expect that. Yeah, they. so this is basically what we talked about last week, but they mm-hmm. played, they've played three terrible teams. They blew out two of them, barely beat Arkansas. They've played three good teams, and they haven't really been competitive with any of them. It's not like... You know, they were within a score of Bama or Clemson right. um, or even Auburn, like going down to the wire. Like these were these were comfortable for the most part, double digit leads for for the duration of the game. And this is still a team that is getting votes in the polls. And I have to I have to make this comparison because I'm a homer. But if you switch A&M and Indiana's resumes, I'll bet you one million dollars A&M is ranked right now. Absolutely. I mean, wins over Texas State, Lamar, and Arkansas don't get the blood going. I'm sorry. They just no. don't. And that's all A&M has. If you want to crown them for that, and and by all means, go ahead. Just People be- do. Just because People of the fact to. that they play in the SEC now. I, I think even if this is this is before realignment, Texas A&M isn't even being thought of. Right. Um, and, I mean, they're, they're a preseason borderline top 10 team. So get that's, that's, why, it again. that's why people are – People are loath to remove them entirely. Um, it's just like basically a lot of people in the in the AP poll, I think, are just looking at did this team win or lose last week? Yeah. All right, they they won. We'll we'll keep them as is. Like not going to shuffle around any of the teams at the top. Um, even though, let's be honest, like Bam and Clemson haven't really beat anybody of note right now. LSU's um, the number one team in the country in my eyes. They could, they very well could be, yeah. Um, they, I think they definitely have the most impressive resume. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree that Clemson or um, Alabama is not the best team right now. I think you would have to look at, you know, an LSU or an Ohio State who's been very impressive, um, not Georgia anymore. Uh, right, so, <laughs> but we can, we can move on to, to LSU, Florida. And I mean, this is again, like, you say the coronation of Joe Burrow and have happened uh, during the Texas game, but this I think only emphasized it even more. I mean, he was so good in this game. It was impressive to see. This is what we've been waiting for from not just Joe Burrow, but from an LSU quarterback since Jamarcus Russell. I mean, it has been so long since I've had someone like this perform like this in a huge game. I mean, and this is one of the biggest of the year. This is the start of basically their their big stretch in the season. And to do it at home in front of the home crowd really builds the confidence moving forward. Again, I, like I said before, I don't see a reason why LSU isn't number one right now. I really don't. Because Alabama, 
they've played well, but they haven't played that well, and they haven't played anybody of note, while LSU now has two top 10 wins. The only reason it is past precedent, um, and partially what's happened in seasons past, but also, again, the preseason polls, right. Bama and Clemson were at the top. Um, they haven't lost, so people are hesitant to I mean, to Clemson's kind of move, dropped move three, though. Yeah, so that's that's something. There, there's at least a little sanity there. I'm uh, not saying by any stretch of the imagination that Clemson or Alabama are bad football teams, but right. at a certain point, you have to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, we've 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 played pretty well, but our resume right now just doesn't stack up to a team like LSU's. It'll sort itself out. They'll play each other head to head, right? But for the time being, that's kind of something noteworthy. And I mean, LSU. Did face a little adversity in this game, bounced back nicely, fell behind early in the second half, then rattled off 21 unanswered to win it. Edwards Hilaire had a great game out of the backfield for mm-hmm. LSU to go along with Burrow. Um, I mean, honestly, Kyle Trask played pretty well for Florida. Yeah. Um, which you can attribute both to him and kind of the commentary that LSU's defense is is not what it typically is. But again, Joe Burrow has been more than enough to to mask that. I mean, same number of incompletions as he had touchdown passes. I think I'll, I'll give Kyle Trask, I think he played well, and I think the LSU defense is better than I had expected or, or sensed from that first Texas game. That second half they put together was very impressive. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what they needed because Florida scores another, another touchdown early in that third quarter. It could have been over pretty quick. Yeah. Or, I mean, certainly a very different field of the game. Right, um, right. No, but, yeah, LSU bounced back uh, fairly quickly and was able to reestablish a little bit of control. Um, and, yeah, I mean, night game, Death Valley obviously helped them too. Big um, time. Just a, a phenomenal atmosphere. But, yeah, I mean, you, you really can't do much except uh, tip your cap to Coach O. It's finally his time. It's, he's no longer interim. Yeah. He's, he's head coach O. I know. And it's working out. This is it's it's just a, a very unexpected development on a number of fronts for LSU football. It is. This is this is the anti LSU we're seeing yeah. right now. No lie. Um, Red River rivalry went exactly as I thought, but for some reason I still picked Texas. Uh, just Oklahoma leads the entire time. Um, actually, put together some great defensive plays um, and honestly a pretty pretty strong showing overall for Oklahoma's defense. Which I was not expecting. Sacked Allinger nine times, um, but yeah, like Texas, Texas got the late backdoor cover, but just once again, we're never able to get over the hump and you know take the lead or, or really even seriously challenge Oklahoma here. The Tom Herman underdog mantra and and theme is quickly running away. Motif, if you will, whatever phrase yeah. you prefer, but it is melting away this season with the losses now to Oklahoma and LSU. You can't blame them. I mean, Oklahoma's very good. They're they're just really good. And the defense, like you said, stepped up and played big time. Similar to LSU, I think, in, in a way, obviously nowhere near the same level because I think Oklahoma's defense has a ways to go still. But they stepped up and played well when they needed to. Many timely stops. Jalen Hurts, again, was very good. CeeDee Lamb had a hell of a game. But my favorite stat – or my favorite – line in this game is Ellinger 23 carries negative nine yards two touchdowns and that I mean that says it all that says it all about the pressure that the defensive line was able to get and then you know how Oklahoma or excuse me Texas just really struggled in the run game yeah the uh 
the the sacks counting against the rushing yards really yeah. really hurts there um which makes a stat we're going to talk about later from a different game even more hilarious um but yeah i mean cd lamb is an absolute animal um shades of dd westbrook maybe even having a uh, a better year than than westbrook's best but Jalen Hurts has has really reached his final form, um, passing and running. Like Lincoln Riley is is just a, a low key wizard at this point. Um, like this is this was a, a fairly muted effort by Oklahoma standards, and I think a big part of that is Texas does have by Big Twelve standards a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they were still able to perform in such a way. Three touchdowns between Hurts and Lamb. Um, they were able to perform in such a way that Texas despite having a, a pretty darn good offense of their own, was really never able to, to mount a serious threat. D- despite this ending in a one-score game, it was it was really not as close as that would indicate. Right. And again, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to not praise Lincoln Riley at this point for everything he's done in the past three seasons. At this point, I want to see him actually take on a challenge at quarterback. Like, we all knew Jalen Hurts was good. Kyler Murray certainly was a little bit of a challenge, but... He is crazy athletic, has a big arm for a smaller guy. Get get a real difficult person to deal with, difficult player, someone that, that's looked at as a project in there, and let's see what he can do next year. I mean, I know they have the number one quarterback in the country, and they have Mordecai still and, and all these guys, but give him a challenge, why don't we? I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of who might fit that bill, though, because so much of it, I think, is just – how awful the system is around him. Like, I feel like you could you could take a guy like a Brian Lewerke or oh, even or like a Hunter Johnson out of Northwestern. And what would Shea Patterson do at Oklahoma? Shea Patterson would be great. He'd be a perfect it, like, fit. He is. Yeah, he's he's struggling right now. That was one of the first guys I thought of. He's struggling right now because of the system around him. Mm-hmm. Same with Lewerke. Same with, I mean, to a much, much more depressing degree hunter johnson yeah but still has the you know the the athleticism the talent to be successful if you put him in the right situation like if if oklahoma for whatever reason like doesn't have a like groomed ready to go quarterback in any of the next like 10 seasons you're going to see just a line of quarterbacks trying to transfer in there um imagine real take yeah oh my god that'd be so unfair like don't necessarily have to be on the level of Jalen Hurts is very much a known commodity and a good one um, who just happened to run into a buzz of, you know, the best quarterback in the nation happened to take his job. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that'll be interesting to see because it'll, it'll come sometime, sometime in the next few years. Um, when I, I mean, I, my money would be on Lincoln Riley figuring it out. Yeah. I, I, I personally, think that the, the two guys they have right now they're set for at least two years yeah. at least two and by then they'll probably have another you know top I mean, quarterback recruit yeah, come in smart enough that I, i'm pretty sure that'll that'll stay pretty consistent i'll be prepared um, but i almost want to see him like openly admit it just taking like no quarterbacks <laughs> for two years and then when they both leave when rattler and uh, mordecai are gone he's just like all right now I want a challenge. And he just, like, picks a guy. Like, hey, I want you to come play quarterback for me at Oklahoma. He, yeah, he just needs a – once he gets a national championship, then I think he'll start doing that. Like, that that, seems, that strikes me as a very, like, old Saban move when Alabama's yeah. defense was just legendary. And you, you were just walking out some different version of, like, 
Brody Croyle, John Parker Wilson, right? <laughs> like one of those guys every single year. Like maybe that's a little bit what he was doing, but yeah, I, Lincoln Riley is going to keep trying his hardest to just snatch souls of opposing defenses till he can win that. I mean, can't even really call it elusive because he hasn't really been there long enough right. for it to for it to be that. Uh, I mean, that hard to obtain, but once he does, then yeah, I'm all for trying out some some crazy hijinks like that going for it getting a little weird with it yeah um the antithesis of that (laughs) perfect segue penn state iowa thank you very much um just the the offense is still ugly and we're we're at the point where iowa is going to look good against overmatched teams but against you know better teams in the big 10 it's going to be more of this um Nate Stanley was pretty mediocre rushing offense, only 70 yards on 30 carries. Penn State didn't look that great either offensively, um, but I mean they were they were fine. I mean, like Clifford, Kane, and Hamler all did enough to you know get it out to a two-score lead and then have a late Iowa touchdown not really matter. But yeah, I mean this is uh, unfortunately it's what too many of the the games in the Big Ten look like this year. It's tough. It's it's definitely tough, especially when you consider this like one of the premier games of the Big Ten this season. Obviously, when it's, when it's all said and done, it probably won't be in the top five or ten. But at this point, I mean, it's it's still a top 15 battle, top 20 battle, whatever it was. Clifford struggled throwing the ball, but they could run the ball. And, and that's really all that mattered for Penn State. Iowa's defense is good still. The offense leaves so much to be desired. And I'm not even going to rag on Stanley because this is just what we're used to in these big games. But Proud of you. why are they throwing 43 times? You're Iowa. Run the ball between the tackles. This is not Iowa football. This is why I mean, they, they couldn't they weren't able get to. it. But, I mean, you can't, you can't throw the ball 43 times and expect to win. That's just not how it's going to work. And, it, and if that's, I mean, that's going to be your offensive game plan all year, it's going to be a long season. Just waiting for Ferentz in like year twenty five to pivot to the air raid. <laughs> you don't think he'll go back? He'll he'll go the opposite way and go, go to like the triple for, option. Oh my god! Like T formation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that would that would be stellar. Um, yeah, I mean, not nothing. Nothing Iowa did really really worked, and I get what you're saying, but it's kind of a combination of just the it, complete inability to to run the ball, which obviously falls on Iowa in the offensive right. line. Um, but this has got to be their worst offensive line also, in a few years. Yeah, also just, uh, I mean, you know, playing from behind for most of the game, especially uh, late in the game, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to kind of cut down on the deficit as quickly as possible, which obviously they weren't able to do because they're Iowa. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it, it, was a nice, it was a nice couple-week stretch of thinking, you know, maybe – Iowa can challenge Wisconsin um, in the Big Ten West. Now that that gap looks as insurmountable as ever. I feel but, like it's going to be a repeat of the Wisconsin-Michigan State game this week when those two play. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've a little, I've a little more confidence in in Iowa, but I, I feel like they'll they'll be able to muddy the game up a lot more than than Michigan State. I was, I was expecting something a little, a little more like uh, Wisconsin Northwestern. Um, okay. One of the, like, I mean, not not a great football game, but <laughs> right. But lo, low scoring, ugly. Like Wisconsin Iowa is the perennial like ten six matchup. It um, is. So 
that's yeah, that's something to look forward to. If this if this was not low scoring enough for you, <laughs> jeez. That, I mean, it at some point does Nate, Nate Stanley has to break through, or they got to bench him, right? Like you can't keep looking at this and saying this is our, but this is the best we can do. Like you can't think. I mean, I think it is. I think it can't is. Though. Get there. I think it is though. Like you under you really underestimated a lot of places that aren't like Alabama how bad right. some of these backup quarterbacks are like yeah um ba- yeah basically anytime anytime Nate Sudfeld didn't play for Indiana it was guaranteed we'd finish with like 15 yards passing it's just God. it's Ugh. it's it's br- it's tough out there and I, I think Stanley had to his credit and I am I guess my role in the show now has turned into Nate Stanley defender we are in the we are in the not- worst <laughs> We're the worst of times now, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta stay loyal. Um, I, I feel like he has he has done enough in the past to quote unquote break through. Um, we thought that I mean he 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 has he has put together good games against good competition. He certainly um, has, and I thought that but, that would be more apparent this year. But he, so far, I mean, maybe me both, yeah. Maybe he's saving it for like a Northwestern esque late run through the year. But at this point, I have zero reason to believe in the guy. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just Kirk Cousins in us, perhaps. Uh, wait, wait, wait until he sees the Northwestern on the schedule. He goes out for five touchdowns, yep. or something. Um, all right, so that was that was the the week that just ended, and now last couple of things. Uh, most impressive, least impressive. I think I only really had. Oh, I had I had more. I had more least impressive as always, but. Who is your uh, is your most impressive last week? Yeah, my list is going to be significantly shorter, and I'll get into that in a minute. But LSU is the most impressive. I mean, big win over Florida. The way they did it, too, that shutting them down for the most part in the second half, the offense coming alive, really what we've said before, what we we've haven't seen in years out of LSU, what they've basically the situation they've gotten themselves in time and time again in these big games against SEC teams, you know, as we're wondering, is this team really good or not? And it seems each and every year they fall flat in one area of the, the, the game, and it's typically the offense. And this year the offense came through and the defense stepped up in the second half when they needed to. So LSU is going to be my most impressive. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Um, I mean, one, one of these games will pick against them, uh, but last week was not that week. I mean – they they have an offense. It's, they do. It's pretty. It's pretty damn good. It's pretty lethal. And the receivers yeah, I mean, are very that, good too. And I think L- that's an yeah. underrated part. Yeah, I mean it's and we're we're finally seeing that like to its fullest extent in college, not just waiting till the guys go pro. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean LSU Bama is going to be just appointment television and an event. Yeah. Um. I had I had Oregon as my most impressive team hello um yeah uh just stomped colorado by 42 um it was not their biggest one of the year people forget they beat nevada by 71 one week after nevada beat purdue uh just in case again people forgot that uh nice little friendly reminder yeah i mean just you know oregon's been in this position before but i mean colorado does have some good wins to their credit this year even if you ignore Nebraska, they are the ones who have beaten uh, the fight in Herms, Arizona State this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oregon played played defense with with the four exceptions. Um, Herbert extended his streak of touchdowns. The offense was very effective again. Um, like 
it's it does seem still a little too late for anybody in the Pac-12. And I know that's a weird thing to say because we're really only halfway through the season, but they don't have any top 10 teams. Oregon still looks like their best hope. Um, yeah. Which, I, which I'm not super, I'm not super confident in. Um, but this was, this was a, a huge win. And then, I mean, they'll have a chance to build on it next week at Washington. Yeah, this is this is what you need from Oregon. They need to win out, obviously. They need to look good doing so. I mean, big wins, and you need a lot of chaos in front of you. But you also need uh, the winner, basically, of Arizona State-Utah this week to win out in the South and look good doing it and to give them a chance. I mean, yeah. if it's a top-10 game and Oregon's you know hovering around that 6-7-8 spot, maybe they have a chance, especially if it's like uh, – I don't even know, especially if it's like one loss Georgia at number four or something going up against Alabama or LSU or whoever in the SEC title game. But they need a lot of help. It's it's going to be tough, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's over yet. Yet. Yeah, I mean, this, this definitely helps. This was right. This was weird. This was weird timing on my part to to bring the uh, the fire and brimstone. But it's it's not looking great for the pack to hold. This is definitely a huge step in the right direction um, for them. Cranston, obviously, specifically for Oregon, definitely, and and this is this is a conference that is desperate for some sort of consistency out of their top teams right now because it's just been a shit show the last few weeks. I yeah. also put Tennessee, who I saw live this week, naturally, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was one of like four games I was able to watch this week because I was down at Neyland. Incredible atmosphere, singing Rocky Top with the folk down there is like a top 10 thing I've ever done in my life. It was so cool. Great seats. We saw Smokey running around, having a, having a time. Best moment of the game after Tennessee picked off Mississippi State for like the fourth time. Smokey was just running up and down the sidelines, barking at the crowd, and the place went nuts. So great awareness, great game awareness from the, the mascot. And <laughs> Tennessee's, I mean, their defense looked very good. Tommy Stevens had a terrible game. Kylan Hill couldn't get anything going. And the offense left a lot to be desired because Maurer like almost broke his neck, and then Garantano came in and looked okay. But they have very little run game. Twenty to ten win. We'll we'll take it. Vols Vols for life is what uh, a lot of people called us when they found out where we were from and why we were there. So Tennessee is obviously my mo- one of my most impressive. Yeah, uh, I mean Mississippi State honestly is uh, sliding into least impressive, and overall pretty big. Uh... Sophomore slump for Joe Moorhead amongst yep. you know a lot of lot second year coaches, but I think that's one of the more notable ones. You mentioned Stevens has struggled. Gary Trader's been okay at times, but has had his struggles as well. Um, and yeah, to take nothing away from your balls, but losing to the start of the year, losing to Georgia State, not uh, tough. This is the comeback, great. though. It's a, it's a tough scene. Yeah, I mean. It, it harkens back to uh, Bovard's preseason question of uh, exactly when Tennessee would clinch the SEC East title. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely looking at the over with how slow they started, but right. they're not technically eliminated. Life. Yet, are they? They're still life. They're still life. I was going to say, they got to still be there. Because Florida lost, um, Georgia has a loss. Yeah, I mean, they, everybody they, in the East is lost. They've got a shot still. That's all they need, just a chance. They still, yeah, they still have Kentucky and Vanderbilt both in their division, so yes, they don't have to. They don't have to leapfrog too many. Um, yeah, that, any more most impressive for you? I would just mention South Carolina. I don't, it, you know, 
I really, yeah, I really didn't know which way to go on that. <laughs> it's it's hard because I, I'm pretty sure Jake Fromm has thrown like single digit interceptions in his entire career, and he had three in this game. So it's like, did South Carolina play well, or did Fromm just make some terrible throws? I can't answer that obviously because I didn't really see anything outside of the second overtime. But I mean. Rodrigo Blankenship is one of the best kickers in the country and college football history at this point, and he misses a field goal in overtime from, what, 41, I think? Yeah, very makeable. Like, I, I mean, South Carolina, all the credit in the world because they were in the right place at the right time, made the plays when they had to. It just felt like a game where Georgia couldn't do anything right. Yeah, it, and Georgia still outgamed South Carolina by almost 200 yards, so I was, like, really going back and forth whether I should – called Georgia least impressive or South Carolina most impressive because mm-hmm. in a in a dark twisted way that is exactly the game that South Carolina wants to play Will Muschamp wants to play but I mean he deserves to be at Iowa like he should be <laughs> the reins should be passed from Ferentz to him yeah, co- coaching and waiting yep. yeah I mean just yeah it's not not even not even joking around about it just bring him in and, and make him offensive coordinator even though he's oh, like the the probably the least qualified football coach to to ever be an offensive coordinator anywhere, but just yeah for the brand of Iowa football, I, I think that would be important. I need that so badly. Um, least impressive, I had uh, all Big Ten. We we start with Michigan State. Yep. Um, woof. <laughs> Tough one. Hundred couldn't couldn't break 150 total yards of offense. Um, against wisconsin probably the highlight offensive stats that i can see is they were two for two on fourth down so that's something there's a building block there their leading rusher had one carry Hmm. and uh brian lavorky once again had to give up a good amount of time to the phenomenally named rocky lombardi um it's you can't beat that name but on the field you can kind of i mean you can (laughs) easily beat him (laughs) Yeah, Mark D'Antonio is quickly veering into the season that Pat Fitzgerald is having. Yeah. With more on-field success, um, certainly, but the the valleys are very low and the corresponding press conferences or media availability are equally low and head-scratching and, I mean, most of the time just cringeworthy. Um, just like the lack of self-awareness on both those guys. Uh, so... Yeah, pretty pretty tough look for Michigan State. I mean, they, I, Nick Nick asked the question. He asked the great question: Who will be starting for Michigan State late in the season? I mean, Should I would still be Lewerke. I would keep Lewerke, but I don't know. I mean, D'Antoni he doesn't seem sold on him still, and I don't blame him. But at the same time, like Rocky Lombardi hasn't shown anything. No, and he, I mean he's had so many a good chances. amount of snaps over his career. Yeah, that's I mean. My earlier point, like the the starter might right. might be struggling, but it's not like the guys behind him are any better. Um, I mean, at this point, Lewerke is kind of Nate Stanley East, Ooh. so I will I will defend him. I will defend him. Yes, kind of. um, but yeah, I mean, tough matchup against Wisconsin. Certainly, they've just been rolling over everybody this year. But you have to you have to at least show up. Um, and For real. Michigan State did not in the slightest. It's, I mean, I'm seeing some highlights right now, and boy, oh boy, are they throwing some bad passes. But, yeah, Michigan State, very worrisome. Um, I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. Uh, what is he, why didn't, 
I don't know. I guess they just expected a lot more. I was going to say, why didn't Antonio leave or retire? Because he's got all those health issues, but he obviously expected this team to I be mean, significantly better. Yeah, I mean, health issues to most, most football coaches just does not matter at all. They're just going to That's true. keep going, married to the game. Um, and then Rutger. Yeah. I, I mentioned uh, the... The college quirk that uh, sacks do not count as negative passing yards. Mm-hmm. They finished the game against Indiana with one. It's truly inc- incredible. what Five completions for one passing yard. Johnny Langan, um, just truly, truly impressive what he can do. And e- even better is Peyton Ramsey was four of six or 15. Yeah. Shout out. They so. got, got him some run. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I, they just raised the bar for being bad week in and week out. Like it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. It really is. Like that is why they are. There's the name. The word impressive is in this title. They are the least impressive. They they continue to do it each and every time. Um, obviously, they have their starting quarterback and starting running back redshirting, which <laughs> Nunzio Campanile had an unbelievable quote saying, "Yeah, it's bullshit, but it is what it is." Something along those lines. Um, He's like, we've got a game to get ready for, and then they go out and get blank thirty-five nothing by Indiana. Yep, throwing for one yard, that's, no less. That's that's tough. And I mean, let me be the first to tell you, Indiana does not have a good defense. They should no no one should be no one should be getting shut out by this year's Hoosiers. Not only that, seventy-five total yards. That's that's tough. I mean, com- comparatively, big day running the ball. Yeah, but big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. You hate to see it. Not at all. I love this. I love when they suck. <laughs> there are very few teams so, in America. So, so every year. Yep. And I needed to keep going. That's why I didn't want Chris, Chris Ash to get fired. But here we are. I don't, I still don't. I like Pat Hobbs. I just don't think he's going to make the right choice. Yeah, that's that's what we can all hope for. Um, yeah. Any anybody else yet? I mean, I kind of want to give Michigan a little run here. They were they had a blowout a big lead and let Illinois back into the ball game a little bit. Illinois is terrible. And Shea Patterson, yet again, 50% completion percentage. When is this guy going to step up and do anything? I don't know. I mean, to, I, I missed because I, I did. I hammered uh, Illinois plus 22, so I was kind of sweating it out at the end, and I mm-hmm. wasn't watching the game. It's was like, oh, this was a three-point game, like, yeah. two minutes ago. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a tough look. So on the one hand, if you're Michigan, you look at the – point explosion you're like all right potentially turning a corner but the other hand when your your defense kind of lets a team like illinois back into the game uh basically a game that should have already been decided that yeah right then you're then you're right back on the struggle bus they just cannot get yeah both sides of the ball working simultaneously right right it's tough and oh we finally got our answer on wake forest they aren't that good did we did we not know that? No, we we both just said they're undefeated but haven't played anybody, so we're waiting for yeah. the, the other shoe to drop. Sixty two I mean, to like, fifty nine. Cre- credit to them, snake until you make it. That right. that got them a that got them a berth in the top twenty. Which I mean, Minnesota's <laughs> there now, which is going to be great yeah. to see. Minnesota is the fakest team of all time, like even more so than Wake Forest. They are. <laughs> it's. I, I saw the rankings, or I heard the rankings while I was driving back, and I was just absolutely stunned that anyone could have Minnesota in the top 25, let alone the top 20. Like, Tulane is more deserving. I'm mad at Tulane for beating Houston. That was a tough uh, one. That's, 
it's gonna sting for a little bit. But but I think that's but, better than any yeah, win I mean, Minnesota has. Probably because it was yeah it was Houston with Derek King. Yeah. Um. So I mean, not for nothing. Minnesota has okay. We got single digit win over San Diego State at Fresno. Single digit at home against Georgia Southern. They beat Purdue without Rondale Moore. I think. Yeah, and Purdue also. Regardless, they do, but they crush Maryland. Yeah, I mean the like, yeah, the uh, Indiana teams versus East Coast Big Ten teams was not a not a fair fight last weekend. No, not at all. Yeah, now I'm looking at the the back top twenty five. Fascinating. Uh, Missouri went out after losing in Laredice. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, our our team's that bad that we have to go to Missouri. Like. I haven't seen too much of Missouri since then because I figured they'd just be a complete non-factor after losing, as you said, in Laredice against the Cowboys. But I can't see them having that many impressive wins enough to not only forget that loss, but put them as one of the 25 best teams in America. Uh, Well, they've beaten South Carolina, Southeast Missouri, Troy, Real Murders Row here. Yep. Um, Yeah. So, but mark my words, this team will not play in a bowl game this year. They also have a win over West Virginia. Missouri will not play in a bowl game? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. 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 Really going out on a limb. I'm not, not at all because the postseason bound, but I was trying to play it, play it yeah. along. <laughs> Darn. I was, I was about to, was about to offer a friendly wager. <laughs> oh, well. Um, okay. So good, good for them. Nice, nice fifteen minutes of fame. Shout out, shout out, Missouri. Kelly sure. Bryant, shout out. Yeah, do, do keep doing stuff. Yep. Um, okay, so next week we've got three ranked matchups. Uh, start off with uh, what could be similar to one of our games last week at Michigan at Penn State. This will not be a pretty football game, but who do you think will win? I am so not excited for this game. <laughs> like. I looked, I, I was, we were going through a pre-show and I was like, oh, it's only Pac-12 games. And you're like, no, 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 Michigan at Penn State. Not excited about this one whatsoever. Because this, first off, this feels like the game that Penn State should win and loses every year. Right when they're on the cusp of being like a contender, not only in the, the Big Ten against Ohio State, but in the country as like a national title threat. But I also just can't see Michigan winning this game. So I'm going to stick with Penn State. And pull the Stephen A. Smith and say, frankly, I think both teams can easily lose this game. Because Michigan, I mean, if Michigan's defense plays anywhere near like they did last week, they're going to lose. If the offense plays like they did and the defense plays like they should, they'll win easily. But Penn State also had a poor offensive game. So I'm, I'm just going to say I, I trust Sean Clifford more than I trust um, Shea, Shea Patterson. I couldn't even think of his name for a second. And Oh, oh what's his name? And... Uh, the, the Michigan defense is better than Penn State's, but I would say at this point it's marginally so. Yeah, I mean, I I think where this is being played has a huge impact. I, the, the only thing that would make me give Michigan a fighting chance to actually win the game is if this was at the big house, but it's not. So got to go Penn State here. And, and like Penn State actually has offensive weapons and knows kind of how to use them. Mm-hmm. With the exception of last week when they played a, a pretty good defense, they'll be playing good defense again, but they won't be on the road. Um, and it is against a another team that is pretty offensively challenged. And in Penn State's solid enough that they are going to take advantage of that. 
they're not going to win in a blowout, I don't think, because points are still going to be somewhat hard to come by for them too. But mm-hmm. I think a, get a 2010 game is not out of the question. Definitely low scoring. I, I do think Michigan can get double digits. I mean, that was really my only question there. Can they can they score double digits yeah. on this defense? And I think I think they I think can, they can right get to ten. There. Yeah, yeah. Twenty yeah. to twenty. You know what? I'm gonna say twenty to ten as well. Not that we not that we track okay. this stuff, but just for for the listeners no, at home. No. Double digits confirmed. Yep. Okay. Um, Oregon Washington, the preseason matchup of the year in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Washington just barely clinging to a spot in the top twenty-five as it stands, um, thanks to. A uh, a beatdown, as it turned out, over Sumlin and Arizona. Shout out um, Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, he tried. He did. Yeah. He he had us ready to go. Yeah, I was I was ready. Premature. Um, at Washington. So does that help the Huskies here? Um, it, it potentially. Does. I I don't know how much, but it does. I still am not going to take him because. For the life of me, I cannot figure out Jacob Eason, and I I don't think Washington's offense can figure out Jacob Eason. He is so hot and cold week after week. It's a coin flip on which guy you're going to get. So I'm going to take the better quarterback, which is clearly Justin Herbert, and I actually don't think Oregon's defense is that bad. They played pretty darn well this year, quietly so. So give me Oregon. I think it's going to be close 31-28 maybe, but it's going to be a close game. Yeah, Oregon's defense is a better unit than I would say most people would give them credit for. And conversely, Washington's defense is really the biggest thing that the Huskies have going for them at the moment. Mm -hmm. As you said, Eason, a little bit all over the place when kind of by this point, Chris Peterson and the coaching staff would have hoped that he's a little more settled in. Don't know that that'll ever be the case this year because we are already at the halfway point. Um, But yeah, I mean... Same reasons you said, like mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is a better quarterback, not going to be as phased against this secondary um, as most inexperienced backs that Washington just kind of would be. Uh, so yeah, I definitely like the Ducks here as well. And then the uh, the aforementioned battle for uh, for current supremacy in the Pac-12 South, Arizona State at Utah, both one loss teams. Who you liking here? Nobody. I mean, I I don't like no, any of these can't, can't teams. Um, Arizona State's defense is, I would say, second best and slightly behind Washington in the Pac-12 right now, and that's been their calling card basically all year. Eno Benjamin has been quiet. He's still played well, but he's been quiet. Uh, they've gotten really good quarterback play. It hasn't been consistently great, but when it's good, it's very good. Utah is a mess. Their secondary really has struggled this year, but the front seven is, isn't is bad. The run game has been very good. Shaq Moss has been awesome. Uh, Zach Moss, excuse me, has been awesome. Um, I wish his name was Shaq Moss now. But, uh, that would be pretty dope. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the fight in Herms. I'm going to take Arizona State on the road. I just, uh, when it comes down to it, defense is going to win out for me, and I, I trust Arizona State's defense much more than I do Utah's at this point. Yeah, I mean this is this is pretty close to a toss up. Um like what, what Tyler has been able to do at Utah, um, like the Benjamin at Arizona State. I'm a little surprised, honestly, how productive Eric passing game has managed to be over the course of the season without Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that would be a much bigger loss for their productivity. And so far it's turned out to be. Um but I mean it's it's the fight in arms. 
gotta, you gotta you gotta get on the bandwagon by this point or you're going to run over i mean after last year especially like that michigan state last year felt like the first first moment where herm's like all right i'm here and i kind of know what i'm doing even though i have these terrible quotes about recruiting and i don't even know my school's nickname Just- and then they played pretty decently well throughout the entire year. And then this year they started off with a bang again. And it's like, all right, now it's time to get on or get out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got other people on his staff to handle the other bullshit. Right. He's just locked in to the football. And he is... Uh, Which is it's he, working. He's killing it. Yeah. Maybe, no, this is, maybe Michigan should take note. Maybe. I mean, this is, is kind of what I was talking about earlier with Moorhead. You know, all the, the second-year coaches trying... The only things that are doing pretty well right now, Dan Mullen, Herm yeah. Edwards. Yeah. Never, big year never thought big those year two. No. No, certainly not Herm. Uh, I mean, this is, you're saying this is a, a hire that was almost universally panned and only grew louder and louder as, you know, the, the various sound bites came to light of, you know, does this guy understand at all? It didn't seem like it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, on the field, pretty it doesn't hurt that the cupboard was not especially bad. Like Arizona State fired Todd Graham from a like a not bad situation at all. Right. It's kind of a kind of a quick. But it, it, since he's taken over, they have pretty clearly improved and you know carry over from year to year to been pretty noticeable. Definitely. And again, it's Herm. He's a good football mind, and that's the key here. He knows the game and like can coach it. When he doesn't have to worry about the other bullshit that's involved, that's where he can be at his best. Like, he, he can be a closer, basically, in terms of recruiting. Like, he'll come in, tell them everything they want about the scheme and whatnot, and then close the door. Just give him the, give him the handshake and, and call it a day. He'll win the parents over in the, the living room. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. That is literally all you need. Uh, yeah, Arizona State could be a top 15 team potentially by this time next week, which would be bizarro world but that is the world that college football frequently puts us in god i wish we had a, a world where herm edwards arizona let arizona state was in playoff talks that's what we need so badly maybe maybe next year Saban or, versus mean, herm oh my god it, hey i mean if if arizona state wins out it's not you impossible. Never, you never know you can't you can't say they are out of it at this point no they are not they are not even though I just tried to say the entire Pac-12 was. <laughs> but we're, we're walking that back immediately. We've talked ourselves into Herm. Herm in the playoff. All right. Yeah, let's make it happen. Um, all right. So, got your homework. Watch some, some Pac-12 battles for the top spot in the North and the South Divisions. We'll uh, see you back here next week.